Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential. All right, Ed Slot back on the show again. I am so excited to talk to you, not only because uh, you always have the best stories, but also with Secure Act 2.0 and uh, a new year, new taxes, would love to get your expertise. Well, yeah, anytime there's a new tax law, uh, advisors have to be alert to it. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't even matter. Remember, because the media does all the marketing. They write about it, even Secure 2.0. I didn't think it was any real big deal, but you can't say that when the client calls up. The client says, oh, look, it's front page of the Wall Street Journal. It's here, it's there, it's everywhere. What should I do? You know, and they, uh, you can't say, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't really look at it or I don't know anything about it. Uh, ask somebody who's more informed. It doesn't have a lot of credibility. Uh, <laughs> So you have to know some of the basics. And the thing with the Secure 2.0, there may be a lot of things that really aren't big deals, but there's a lot of them, like a lot of little crumbs that could affect a lot of people, over 90 provisions. It's nothing like the original Secure Act. Oh, Brad, I was doing a program on Secure 2.0 a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks, I do them almost every day, but I'm talking about a live one. And... uh, I was told that uh, to differentiate, I was told by a younger person to appear hip, uh, uh, to differentiate between Secure Act and Secure 2.0, call Secure Act the OG. And people, <laughs> oh, that's really hip. So the OG Secure I think, Act. For you I think you're you. pretty you're pretty hip already, Ed. I don't know that you need to yeah. spice up your language, you know? <laughs> well, the reason I have to go back to Secure Act, the OG, the original one, is that that was transformative. That was a game changer. It changed the plans most people had made for 30 years for themselves, for their beneficiaries. They ended the stretch IRA. Big change in tax policy that was decades old. No more stretch IRA. No more of that long deferral for beneficiaries, 20, 30, 50, 80 years if you had a young grandchild. They killed that and replaced it with a 10-year rule that has everybody in a flux. Still, people don't understand it. So that was a major change. As compared to Secure 2.0, nothing game-changing there, nothing transformative, a lot of trimming around the edges, but there's things to talk about. And like I said, it's in every article, it's in every paper, every, you got to read what your clients read. And here's the problem. Most people don't read at all. They only read headlines (laughs) because they don't have the time for it because they got to get back to their phone to see what, you know, Beyonce did or whatever. You got to keep scrolling. You only have so many seconds. You got to keep scrolling. (laughs) So I'll give you an example. People call up because they see the headline. The headlines were the same way. The first headlines out with Secure 2.0, the RMD, Required Minimum Distribution Age, raised to 75. Yeah, in 10 years, read the fine print. That doesn't happen till 2033. So there's a lot of things like that. There was another provision in there. Oh, you can transfer, you can roll 529 accounts over to Roth IRAs. Well, I had a lot of advisors calling up on that. In fact, I did in one day about a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, I did two programs to advisors in one day, virtual programs for my office here. 
uh, and we reached out just between those two programs over 5,000 advisors, 4,000 wow. on one and 1,000 on the other. And in both totally unrelated audiences, in both cases, the bulk of the questions was on the 529 to Roth because they only read the headlines. There's a typical example is you got to read more than the headlines because that's all your clients are reading too. Actually, clients probably read more than uh, the advice because the clients, they, it's their own money. They want to know what's yeah. <laughs> So, but the clients don't understand it. That's why they need you to read, you know, like I said, the fine print. You know, it's like you see those ads, they're running them like crazy now on the football games, actually on every sporting event. Uh, don't do, I, I forget who, uh, Intuit or something, Here's what not to do. Don't do taxes. We'll do it. You've seen those ads if you watch any like football game. Yeah. We'll yeah. do your taxes. Don't you? They have the guy on vacation. What am I doing? Oh, I'm not doing taxes because Intuit did it for me. But if you get a microscope out and you look at the scroll under the bottom of that ad, only if you, I can't even read the other part because it's so small, but basically you have to sign up for all their stuff. So, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. So this is... Uh, this is the commentary I see on Secure 2.0. You have to dig in a little deeper to see which clients are affected, which clients can take advantage, and to sound knowledgeable when they call up. So I'll go through, for example, the 529 to Roths. We know the 529, and this is a great provision, by the way, but again, it's highly limited. The 529 accounts, the idea was good, but I never really took to it because it was create uh, funding education accounts for a child when they're born or one or two, three years old. You don't know, you know where that kid's going to end up. And the benefit is you can keep money, putting money, and many of the clients had hundreds of thousands of dollars in these things. As a matter of fact, I just heard from a child of one of my old-time clients, and he had set up this for the grandchild, and he said, what am I supposed to do now? I got like 200000 in it, and the damn kid got a scholarship. Now I can't even, <laughs> because it was meant for education. But if you don't use it for qualified education and you take it out, you have a tax and a penalty. So you have these excess funds laying there. So when people, especially advisors, saw, wow, you could roll this into a Roth, then you never, you're not going to have the penalty. You can use it for whatever you want. It grows tax-free. It's fantastic. So let me tell you, the headline is fantastic. And that's as far as it goes. Here are some of the limitations. First, the account to qualify for this, the rollover from 529 to a Roth. To qualify the account, it must go to the beneficiary's Roth IRA, number one. All right, that's not too bad. The account- That makes sense, right? That makes sense. Yeah. And the account yeah. has to be open, had to have been open for 15 years. And the last five years, any contributions made in the last five years to the 529, they don't count. Because I think Congress, when they were doing this, they didn't want it to be a revolving door. In other words, they didn't want people with no intention of saving for college to just dump it in there so they could kind of override the Roth and get it in there. So there's the first two limitations. Has to be open for 15 years. Not everybody had that for 15 years. The last five years don't count. And then there's a that an overall limit, and this is where it, it goes off the rails, 35,000. That's it. Ooh. And then uh, because they didn't want people transferring 300,000, a lot of advisors have told me they've yeah. had 
counts because they grew for 15 years or so, even if they had the 15 years. Now we've got 300,000 in there. So they looked at the headline and said, Wow, 529. Let me just dump that into a Roth. Imagine having two or 300,000 in a Roth. Lifetime limit, 35,000. But wait, there's more. <laughs> that 35,000 can only be rolled over in increments of whatever the prevailing amount of an IRA contribution would be, which now is $6,500. So it would take you five, six, seven years or something uh, to, to use that 35000 And if you use it, let's say you did it, it's not available to next year, so forget this year. But let's say the contribution limit, just to make the math easy, is 7000 The regular IRA or Roth IRA contribution limit, let's say, I don't know, nobody knows what it is for twenty four but they go up in inflation increases. But let's say, just to make the example easy, it went from 6,500, what it is now in 23, to 7,000. All right, 7,000 into 30, you know, when I was a kid and you knew your timetables, you didn't need a machine for that. Seven into 35, all right, so it'd take you five years. Or the best way to learn math, especially when you're talking about anything with seven, is uh, football, touchdowns. All right, take you five touchdowns to get to the 35. So it'd take you five years to even use the $35,000 limit. And that assumes that the beneficiary who can do this qualifies for an IRA contribution. They'd have to have wages or self-employment income. If they don't, they can't do it. And even if they do, it's like there's a barrier at every level. So let's say they can do it. If they do it, let's say they move the 7,000 next year. Well, then they can't do their own IRA contribution. It takes the place of the IRA or Roth IRA contribution. Oh, wow. So it's really limited when you get into the weeds uh, I like the headline a lot better, Ed. The yeah. headline sound fantastic. Well, this is why advisors watching this have to get knowledgeable about a little more than the headlines because the clients sometimes see what they want to see. And then they call their advisor and they use something that I always recommend for advisors. It's called a telephone. All right. Speak to people. Don't send them these nonsense emails, you know, that dear, I, you know, whenever I get an email that says Edward, dear Edward, I know it's, he doesn't care about me. Just filled my name in. Start talking to clients. You know the clients affected. Maybe even get ahead of the game. Maybe you should know clients that have 529 plans and reach out to them to see the ones who might qualify before they call you and you're caught flat-footed. So that's just one provision of about 90 provisions where you really got to get into these things. Advisors, to have a competitive edge now, they've got to get better educated and stay up on the rules because, like I said, the media is pushing this stuff out like crazy. In effect, that's good for you. The media is doing your marketing. It's forcing clients and prospects to have questions. That's when it's good for you. It's always good when... Uh, they have new tax laws. Doesn't matter, good, bad, indifferent. People have questions. They come back to you. Years ago, in my one of my accounting classes, I remember in college. You know, you ever have those classes where a, a professor had an impact on you? Just saying one thing that you always remembered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he said that for the first day. I forget what year of college, but whatever. He said, uh, and this was in the early seventies, so it may not be as impactful as it, it was then. He said. Whenever he talked about the same thing, you are always going to be in a great position when they change tax laws. Anytime you have a new tax law, you are going to do really well. Talking to accounting students like me. 
And he then he told us his story. He says, you know what I do? Every time they have a new tax law, I go out and get a new car. Now, here's the reference. Back then, nobody just went out and got a new car. When I was growing up in the 60s, if anybody got, you kept that car till it fell apart for 10 years at least. If anybody on the block got a new car, everybody came out. I remember one guy on the block got a 66 Mustang. Everybody came Ooh, out. I'd you come know? out for that one. <laughs> so you didn't always, getting a new car was a big deal. You kept those cars forever. So when he said, when I, whenever a new tax law comes out, I get a car at what he's telling us, he's going to be, be making a lot of money. And I'm saying the same thing to every advisor watching this program. This is a gold mine, both in activity, but you got to give them the goods. You got to know what you're talking about, be able to answer questions and provide good solutions for them. A good planning uh, it gives you an opening to give them something to talk about other than your core capabilities, like what to invest in. I tell you, there's probably not a lot of people out there that when they think of that, that core memory that a teacher said something that changed their life, that's probably not a lot of people out there are like, oh, I was in an accounting class when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I remember the teacher. I love it. I love it. By the way, it, that guy years later, he was he lived locally. I didn't realize, you know, when I went to school, but uh, I he he's a, ta uh, a CPA and an attorney, a tax attorney. And uh, many years later, he called me for some questions on IRAs and things like that. And when he died about 10 years ago or so, maybe five years, his son, who's also a CPA and attorney, asked me how to do the rollovers <laughs> you know, from his IRA and stuff. So I kind of kept in touch with the family uh, yeah. just because we happen to have been in the same town. So one of the things that you and I almost always circle back and talk about is when when things happen in the news when, you know, exactly what you're saying here is, you know, they do a lot of marketing for you. And from a, from a prospecting standpoint, it's gold. But what I think some advisors miss out on, and, and you were alluding to this earlier, is getting in front of their current clients. I think, I think you always say, uh, I'm going to get the percentage wrong now that you're on here. I but... always say your current clients are still, you remember the old Pareto principle, they used to call it, you know, 80% of your business comes from 20% of yep. your clients. Yep. It was called, I think it was called the Pareto principle. Anyway, I uh, adapted that principle to say 80% of your current clients are still prospects from the business you don't have from them in two ways. Many of your clients have money elsewhere. That's business you don't have. Yep. Plus people they know that you could be referred to because you're missing out because they already like you. They trust you. They respect you. They've turned their money over to you. They believe in you. They're already fans. But the typical advisor makes the mistake. And, you know, it's not just in uh, advice. It's in a lot of professions, especially where there's prospecting. You finally get a client and then you get the client and you promise all these things and maybe you deliver, but then you push them aside. Let me get a new client. That's the guy yeah. you should be paying attention to, especially, and this is so important in everything, after the sale. That's when you want to pay attention because it reassures them that they made the right decision turning over their life savings to you. You know, that's when you have to reassure them. So you should be paying more attention to your current clients because there's so much business through them and people they know that you can get that uh, you don't have to go with cold, cold leads and uh, prospecting. You already have somebody that can't wait to talk about you. Every time you say that, the 80% prospect, I, my mind always goes to as well that 
that, yeah, they are your client, but they're still a prospect for somebody else. So if you're not teaching them these uh, 90 right. I didn't nuances, mean it that way, but that yeah. is a great point. They're that's where my that's where my brain goes, right? Yeah, no, you're right. They're yeah. prospect for you, but also somebody else. That's a great point. Next time I say that, I'll say Brad Swinehart said. Uh, yes, I love it. I love it. Ed's quoting me. No, that's different. great. I love that it. is true. Uh, you know, one of the things we do, matter of fact, you've been at many of our two-day programs, and you, they all get this book. This is, our, well, I don't even want to promote this because it's sold out. All right. This was the one coming up in February, uh, later February in Las Vegas. But the last got another one at the end of the year, right? Uh, in July in Boston. So all right. All right. We'll do that, that one. one. But the last line of the page of the book where it ends. This is our last page. I don't know if you could see this. Can you see what it says? This is the end. This is the last yeah. page of the book, Retirement Plan Millions, where we sum it up. Can you read that? It says, call your clients now where some other proactive advisor will. That's Love exactly it. what you're saying. That's at the yeah. end of our two-day program to wrap it up because we gave them so much stuff. As you know, you've been there many times. and But the whole idea is to take action and take care of the people who believe in you, who already trust you. <laughs> Those are the easiest people, but we forget about them, all of it, you know, because we're going on to the next prospect. Yeah, I mean, if your top client has a 529, and another advisor is reaching out and talking to them about the Secure Act 2.0. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Right. And the other advisor may have been the other advisor that didn't read the only read the headline. And then <laughs> the client says to you, well, uh, he said I could roll over 300,000. And you said, well, then we'll do it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I'll do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So quick, Ed, I, I know you and I have covered this a few times, and I still get questions from advisors about the last SECURE Act, you know, the elimination of the stretch IRA. Now it's down to 10 years. Why is that so impactful in this industry? Why well, does that matter? It, it matters. I'll tell you why it matters in a minute. But there's a new opportunity because of that. I'm leaning to towards the combination of that plus inflation plus low tax rates. Well, they all lead to each other. Everybody's screaming, or they have been the last year, about inflation. Everything costs more. Yeah, that's true. Everybody says inflation is bad. Here's a secret. Not when it comes to taxes. It's great. It's great, like Tony the Tiger. Inflation is <laughs> great. Why? Because every year, if you look at the tax brackets, this was the largest expansion because of the high inflation factor from 22 tax rates to 23. The rates didn't change, but the brackets have been expanded for inflation. You can pull out a lot more money in low brackets in 23 right now. This is happening right now, and it's going to happen again in 24, and it's going to happen again in 25. Even if there's very little inflation, there's always some, so it expands the brackets. But then that's it. After 25, we don't know what the tax law is going to be. So now you have the deal of the century here to get that money out. So this brings up back to your original question. I think I forgot already, but I think it was the <laughs> Secure Act, the, such a big deal, the 10-year rule. Was that the question? Yes. Yep. The 10-year rule, uh, remember what we had in the past. We had a stretch IRA where beneficiaries could literally extend distributions deferring the tax for 20, 30, 50, 80 years. 
And Congress said, we don't like that. This was in the original SECURE Act. They said, we don't like that. We believe that the IRA, and when I say IRA, the 401k, all the retirement accounts should be for the retiree and his spouse, the couple, but that's it. It should not be used as a wealth transfer or a state planning vehicle for the next generation. So we're going to kill that benefit and move it back to a 10-year rule. And they did that. And this is the greatest thing now, because now it forces people. I'm not saying it's great, but you know what? It is incentivizing all of us advisors watching this now to get onto alternative planning that can put the client and their family in an even better position through things like life insurance and Roth IRAs. All they did, Congress, is incentivize all of us to wake up and do the better planning we should have been doing all along. So why is the 10-year rule so important? Because there's an end date now. There is an end date when all this money has to come out and be taxed. So you have the client's life, and it used to be maybe a stretch IRA. So one big concern, you could stretch it between them and the beneficiaries for 70, 80 years or whatever, even 50 years, 30 years. Now you have the rest of the client's life and 10 years. When all that money, it's not if, but when it comes out, it will be taxed. And what's happening, the window is closing because there's a finite end date. The more money that has to come out, in this short window, the larger the overall tax rate will because you're pushing more income into a shorter tax window over fewer tax returns. And that's a real problem, not only for the clients, but even more so for their beneficiaries, their children, who may be in their own top earnings years at that point. Yeah. And a lot of that will be lost to taxes. Now, I'm not crying the blues for any of these beneficiaries. I mean, it's free money, but still you wanna keep more of it and the advisor, remember who these people are. This is the future. I'm talking to you, the advisor now. These are your future clients. This is your succession plan. Yes, they didn't work for it. Granted, they're going to get all this money, but so will you if you handle it right. <laughs> so it's an opportunity to do some planning with the clients because the last thing you want is when the clients die and the kids come to you and they're not kids, they're 40, 50, 60 years old themselves. And they say, why did you speak to my parents about this? Look at all this tax I'm going to pay. You know, they're not looking at it. You know, you can't say what I just said, but you didn't even work for it. You know, it's an inheritance. You'd be happy with what you get, what's left. They're not going to, that won't fly. I'm just telling you. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't say that to them. Don't say that to them. Tell them you, you want to help them keep more of their money. But the time to do it is now while you have this three year window of opportunity to get most funds out at historically low tax rates. What I do with clients, I don't have uh, retail clients, but what I would do and what I used to do is give them the history of tax rates because many people complain about taxes, but we're in historic. All, all I hear is taxes are so high. Taxes are so high. Then to get them a chart. We put out a chart in our program. So the history of tax rates, matter of fact, it's in this book of mine, uh, the time bomb. That's why I put it in here. It's in the 20s. So I got an autographed copy of that laying around here yeah, somewhere. If you look at page 28, there's the history of tax rates. And I highlight the baby boomer years. The top tax, the reason I did that, many of your clients like me are in that age range. The baby boomer years are those born between 1946 and 1964. The top federal tax rates, just for a frame of reference to know how good it is today. 
The top federal tax rates for the years the baby boomers were born for every one of those years exceeded 90, 90, the top rate. 90%, except the last year, 1964, uh, I was only 10 then, but I think it was because the Beatles came to America and everybody was so happy they lowered the top federal tax rate to only way down to 77%. And the whole country did a happy day, only 77%. Right now, our top 37% isn't even half of that. Yeah, you got to realize these are the good old days and this is the opportunity. So the planets are aligned for any advisor watching this. You got a new tax law to talk about, Secure 2.0. You have the old tax law that created this 10-year rule. You have to you have perfect reasons to talk to the clients. You have inflation that expanded brackets and more money can get out at low rates. If you're not acting on this, you're missing the boat. Yeah. And I think not only are you not, if you don't act on this, you're missing an opportunity to gain new clients, which are also potentially going to be losing your clients. Right. Because somebody else is going to be talking about it. Yeah. If you're not connecting with the next generation, the beneficiaries, I'm telling you what's going to happen. The minute the parents die, those kids are going to take the money and go to somebody they know, one of their buddies who once read a book about it. I don't know, you know, anybody <laughs> but you, because you didn't bring them into the loop. Even when I was doing the planning with clients, which I did for 40 years, estate tax planning, I always tried to bring in the adult children. So they were on board for two reasons, to under, to get to meet them, because I still, I was younger then. I, I saw them as my peers, my future clients. And so they wouldn't torpedo my ideas from afar because then the parents, if they weren't there, would go back and tell the kids uh, and the kids would say, oh, he's just trying to sell you something, even though I never, I'm an accountant. I never sold stocks, bonds, funds, insurance. I was just doing great planning. Uh, but this way, they're on board because they're in the room. And it wasn't always easy for me to do that. We didn't have Zoom back then. Now you can get everybody together wherever they are in the world and make them part of the solution and get them to see your face, put their face with the name so they know what the succession plan is. I did very well with my clients in succession planning because, uh, matter of fact, I remember one case where I didn't get to meet the kids, but the client was so adamant. Matter of fact, I tell this story on my last PBS special. He came, I didn't know the kids, but I knew, you know, I worked with the father and he apparently died. So the kids came in and they came in with this manila folder, stacked manila folder with uh, rubber bands all around it. That was typical of my client. And on the front of, and my card was on there and in large red magic marker, he wrote, don't screw this up, exclamation point, call Ed Slater. <laughs> They were afraid to even open it. They thought there was like a bomb in there or something. So they came in. Why did they come to see me? Because dad said that's the first thing you do after death. He drummed it into them. So that's how you make the connection. And that was a family. Those were kids I didn't even get to meet. But the other kids I always tried to meet. And even when I would, they were in the room, I remember this one case I was going through and a lot of times when people had large IRAs, just like today, I recommended life insurance schemes. Even then with the stretch, a IRA was a cumbersome asset to get to a beneficiary with all the rules. I always felt life insurance was better, easily understood, better for trust and no tax. You know, so uh, I would always recommend that. So I was in one client meeting and I had the beneficiaries there and they were that kind of beneficiary that would question everything. I said, you know, one of those doubters, mm, let's see what my mother got into now, you know, and, <laughs> and 
And I went through my plan. They had a large IRA and the beneficiary sitting there. He says, no, nah, I don't think so. You know, just to be argumentative. So I stopped, you know, I looked over and the parents are there. I said, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you, this is a life insurance policy. Do you understand who you are? He's looking at me. I said, you're the beneficiary. You're the one who gets these millions of dollars I'm talking about tax-free if you do what I say. And he looked at me and says, well, let's try to, all right, let, let's see what he's got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. I guess, I guess we can listen to this Ed guy now that he's talking, talking about giving me millions because of dollars. All about, that nice. That's what the planning is. Yeah. That's going to be your next client. That's what's going to add value to you and your future practice. I think so many advisors for so long stayed away from talking about taxes and they're now more comfortable with it. And I think estate planning, succession planning. I don't planning, know if that, that's true. There's you don't think so? Of, uh, there's a lot of advisors that you talk taxes, it's like kryptonite. No, don't go there. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Look at my uh, disclaimers. It says we don't do tax. I got to put disclaimer, you know, all the compliance. I think they want to. They're yeah. just afraid of all the compliance yeah. things they have to put on there. We don't do tax planning. We don't even know what a tax return is. We don't even live in this country. They disclaim <laughs> everything. So I got. I tell the advisors that tell me that, I said, you could say what you want, but if you touch an IRA, you're doing tax planning. If you're consulting on converting to a Roth, you're doing tax planning. If you're doing a rollover, you're doing tax planning. If you're opening an IRA or a Roth IRA, you're doing tax planning. You can deny it all you want with all the compliance stuff, but that's what you're doing because that's what people need. That's where you add value. You know, the core, I said it before, Brad, I think I've said it on your show before, the core functions of, uh, of financial advisors are the investing money has been marginalized, commoditized, fee compression, call it whatever you want. The market says the value of that, even if you do a great job, is worthless because we could do it for free. You can get everything for free. It's the same thing with me as a CPA. Look at all those ads, you know, on, uh, like I said, on Intuit and all of that. They uh, demean all the value you think you bring to the table because they say, well, anybody can do taxes. Why are you doing it? Let this machine do it. That's worthless. So, uh, the worst thing you can be is in a position, if, even if you think, no, we're great at this. If you sell on price or performance, it's a dead end game. It's a race to the bottom. You will never, I mean, everybody, at some point, somebody's going to get a lower price. That price now on most of our services are zero. Unless you want to pay them to be a client, that's probably not <laughs> a good business model. And then selling on performance, well, we're great investment advisors. Well, what if the market goes down? What do you do then? You got to have value and people want relationships. They want knowledgeable advisors. They want advisors. They, remember the IRA money that they have a 401k, which for many people is their largest single asset. They're not looking anymore to an advisor to give them advice on the next hot stock or next hot fund. They're looking for someone to give them a plan to protect what they've kept, to make it last as long as they do and beyond and control the taxes. That's where your value is. That is absolutely perfect, Ed. Thank you so much for being on the show again. It's always wonderful to have you. I love the passion. I love the knowledge. And I just, I like talking to you. You're a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. And I tell you, any advisor, the opportunity is like I've never seen it before. I tend to say that every year, but now you have so many things going on. Plus the demographics. I didn't even get into that. If you watch the papers just the last two weeks, have you noticed something? 
layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. Lay the biggest companies, Amazon, Google, uh, I saw Dow, Philips. And it's not like we laid off 12 people, 10,000, 20,000, you know, everywhere. Yeah. These are rollover candidates that need help. You know, I always wonder, Brad, when you see a company, big companies that lay off 20,000 people, don't you ever wonder? I always, The first thing I think of, what were these people doing yesterday that you don't need them tomorrow? Yeah, it's. I mean, just tens of thousands of people that are now doing nothing. And they're looking and, for advisors. They have large accounts, three, four, five hundred thousand, or four hundred K, a million, two million. You know, these are not the people that want to risk that. At least most of them on a TikTok video. They want a real <laughs> advisor that they can get in front of that can show them. But to do it, you got to have the knowledge. That's what we do in our two-day program. Now, this one sold out. This one, uh, this is by the way, this is our third. You've been at the other program. This yeah. is our third sellout in a row on this two-day program. The next one's in. You have to get bigger rooms. Well, we tried. <laughs> We're at Caesar's Palace this time, and we ran out of space there. Um, and uh, but the next one's in Boston at the Westin Copley. Uh, I would get on our website, irahelp.com, and we give you the tools. Now, you've sat in on the programs, right, Brad? We give oh, you the tools to stand head and shoulders, to give you that competitive edge, to speak a different language, to talk about the things, not the investment, but the taxes. Don't call it planning. Just tell them I can help you keep more of your hard earned money. That's what they want. And I'll say I've been to many of these. There's two things that always stand out. One is the quality programming that they have. The content there is absolutely amazing. And the other is the caliber of advisor that attends those events. It's They're always up. Yeah. Always serious advisors, high quality. And they're always open to share what they're doing right. So I would, if I was going to one industry event, I would absolutely pick Ed's event. So Me too. thanks to get, <laughs> well, you have to be there. You have to be there. So thanks, sir, for being on the show. All right. Brad. We'll, uh, we'll send everybody over your website to check it out. And uh, we'll have to do this again soon, man. Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.